Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Both of them sketchy and sometimes slow. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Captain America captures Augusta. As the Imagine Dragons would say, welcome to the new age, to the new age. Wow. <laughs> oh boy, Faldo. So, big, big Imagine Dragons fan, apparently. No, but I think it's because, is it because Patrick Reed listens, listens to Imagine to Dragons yes. to get yeah. fired up? Yeah. That was at least the second time he dropped Imagine Dragons lyrics for yeah. us. It's just... Hot take, Imagine Dragons sucks. Oh, they were good live. I no, saw them at the suck. Armory. They were good. The thing is, though, they suck. Oh, they were, <laughs> they were good li- The Thunder wow. song, I can oh, probably... No, I can probably no, do, no, 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 no. I was going to say I can probably do it out because oh. it's the most... Which, is, that, which, is that the Welcome to the New Age? No, I don't hate that song. No, Thunder's the one that's, that's on the radio song. now every... That and the slow Ed Sheeran song are the two songs you can't get in your car without hearing. Uh, I'm not singing the Thunder song. So, all right, I gotta. It's just Thunder is said yeah, five thousand times. And the Thunder. Oh, that's a terrible song. Oh. Yeah, that's Imagine Dragons. That Dragon. song's terrible. I, they've got some good jams though. No, that's they, they don't. And they were very good no, live. They are rotten. All right, that's fine. The beauty of music, we can disagree. <laughs> okay, if if not I like have sports, to pick a side cut and dried. <laughs> if I have to pick a side of like guy who would pay money to watch Imagine Dragons live or. Dave's stance of they're terrible. I lean more toward Dave. I yeah, you're my I guy. I lean more toward Dave. I got a free ticket. So. <laughs> fraud! You fraud, Chris Long. The tickets Super Bowl week were ridiculous. <laughs> I would not have paid $170. I wouldn't have paid that much to see anybody short of Springsteen. Probably. I wouldn't have gone if they'd given me $170. They were good. I went because it was free, and I I became more of a fan. They were fun. They were really good. I lives. will say I do I do trust Chris's instincts here because I was I was neutral on Bruce Springsteen for my whole life. I wasn't like anti. I was just neutral. Oh, but that's Chris took me to a concert. I'm now like 24 yeah. seven listening to E Street Radio. Yeah, that was like, a lock sure. though. I knew that one was. Yeah. That, that's easy. So I I like Patrick Reed, and I don't have like strong emotions one way or the other. But in general, if Patrick Reed is contending, I think his person, I like personalities and you, I like what he did at the Ryder Cup. I was going to say, you like many golf fans formed your opinion on Patrick Reed the weekend of the Ryder Cup. I think because I watch a little more golf than like average casual golf fan. I definitely knew who Patrick Reed was for two years leading up to the Ryder Cup and was, I, I thought he was one of the more underrated players. Sure. And But then like his personality and the way that he kept coming at you with clutch shots at the Ryder Cup if that's all you knew about Patrick Reed and that Captain America persona, you'd say, oh, this guy, this he, guy. He doesn't play safe. He's you at the Muni. <laughs> I can drive that green, even if there's no way you can. Yeah, he's, he's all gonna, in. Yeah. Yes. But the reaction when he tapped in, well, tapped in, it was more like a like a three <laughs> or four or five footer that all of us would miss if we were standing over it. it and he put- looked a little nervous, too. That was a pucker shot. That's, it was. Yeah. 
But the crowd, like usually that crowd, it's the most polite and that that crowd is is progr- pre-programmed walking in. It's like they put a chip in your brain. You must clap for everyone at all times and you must be respectful and cheer loudly when someone wins their first major tournament or masters. It was such a deflating meh, kind of couple people clapping when he in his knocked adopt- that putt in. in his adopted hometown. Yes. I mean, that's the other He part. won two college national yeah. championships. Uh, Augusta, Augusta State College. I think it's Augusta or University now, but it, was, it has to be the only two championships they've won at the Division One level in anything. Yeah. So the question is, why do people hate Patrick Reed or dislike him so much? Let's start with this clip here. So, Dave, this is from Corzo's Sunday Morning Sports Talk, right? Is it Gary Van Sickle? Yeah, former golf writer for SI, still covers golf. And the uh, the setup to the story is Van Sickle's got a kid that, you know, an aspiring golfer, and a couple years ago he was playing in a web.com event with Patrick Reed. They were playing together, and in that, uh, with web.com, you don't have the actual, you know, caddy guy that you pay. It's oftentimes a family member, perhaps your brother, sister, or in this case, a mother carrying the golf bag for you. Okay. Patrick Reed's mom was out there forecatting for him like my wife usually does for, my, for our son, Mike. Anyway, it's a par three hole. Patrick Reed hits one way the heck right into some bushes and trees and overgrowth stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's a par three. It was a terrible shot. And his mom's up there. And so he, Patrick gets, he walks up. She hasn't, she doesn't know where the ball is. She hasn't found it. And he goes on a tirade, cussing her out. Uh, calling her every name in the book, including one that starts with C, uh, and my son was just appalled. And he he he's never uh, he has no respect at all for Patrick ever since then. As he said, if I had called said that stuff to my mom, forget about me finishing the round. I'd have been in the hospital. <laughs> okay, so here's more. This is from I'm grabbing this from uh, a USA Today summary of like the reasons why people don't like Patrick Reed. In his book about the PGA Tour, Shane Ryan said there was a code of silence regarding Reed's time at Georgia. He spent one year at Georgia, and then he went to Augusta State. Describing it as type of a golf omerta, Ryan brought up whispers that Reed had cheated on the course during a qualifying round, trying to hit a better position ball that wasn't his, reported better scores than he'd actually shot, and have stolen teammates' uh, $400 Scotty Cameron putter and, and other things. Reed denied those claims and said he was ousted for multiple alcohol arrests, but a Georgia assistant coach released a statement saying that, that the report from the PGA uh, tour book was accurate and that Georgia chose not to associate with Patrick as a person, end quote. Reed's defense basically has been, none of that happened. They hate me because they ain't me. And he would, one of the stories I read from that same book, I believe, was... He went when he went. I think it's. I don't want to misspeak. He either went to Georgia as a freshman. Had to have been when he went to Georgia as a freshman. And like the first day, this is like something you hear people doing in prison. He goes up to the team captain and says, "I'll play you tomorrow, and if I win, I'm the captain." And the guys, why would I do that? I've been here three years, and, and it was that kind of thing. Like I can beat you. I'm better than you. I'm going to beat you. I know I'm better than you. And Reed, it seemed like was doing that to. I don't want to say psych himself up, but I'm the freshman. I need to come in here firing, and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm not defending him. It's certainly not the way to do it. But that, like, planted the seed of, oh, this is, look at this guy. And I think we I think we need figures like that in sports, don't we? And then, that's why team sports get weird, like tennis or golf or not so much swimming, because swimming, you're a little more focused and locked in. In your own track. lane. 
Yeah, same thing. In your own lane and track. I don't think it's that. That's where it gets weird sometimes when you're playing a totally individual sport as a team, where there's a we always a weird dynamic there. You know, someone's going to be the number one, somebody's going to be the number two, and that's just how it is. So I, I wonder. And I'm not defending Patrick Reed. And there's a little too much smoke for there not to be some fire. But oh, there's absolutely fire it there. It sounded sure. like the Georgia thing happened because day one he walked in and marked his territory. Nobody liked so it. So I love it. I think, I don't know if it makes me want to root for him more by any means, but I think it makes the sport way more interesting. Absolutely. And then you've got this guy who also, there's this story, we can read more of it maybe later in the show, but um, he hasn't spoken to his parents or his sister since since he got married in 2012. As a 22-year-old, he got married to a 27-year-old. It was the blonde woman that you saw celebrating with him yesterday. So he hasn't spoken with his family in six years. His family basically came out and said, hey, we feel like you might be a little too young to be getting married right now, and this woman's a little older. Maybe you should pump the brakes. And he said, actually, I'm going to pump the brakes on my family. I'm not going to talk to you guys. And it's been eight years uh, or six years. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Golf guy at Boulder Point. What's up, Nick? Gentlemen, how are you? Uh, that was fun yesterday. Nick and I have gotten into it already on social media about my support for Patrick Reed. So do you <laughs> despise Patrick Reed? I don't know if we can say gotten into it. I mean, that that sounds a little... I mean, that's like a Patrick Reed hot take. I mean, I, I don't that, know, man. That's, that's why you, I said you, it. You need to just... Okay, so so here's the thing. Two things on Patrick Reed. Isn't it kind of crazy that, that you're just talking about his family? I mean, his family watched him win the Masters on TV from less than five miles away from Augusta. I, yeah. mean, I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah. But yeah. That, that much at odds that they've watched it on TV being that close and weren't, weren't there from that. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I and just, I think, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, I just wanted another thing on Patrick Reed where you're talking about golf needs something like that. I, I, I agree and I disagree. I think the casual golfers like having a guy like him because it kind of brings them and gives them a reason to watch. But I think you have a guy like myself who's more of a, more of a purist and sees that attitude. You got to kind of figure out the line where you're being, knowing that you're good and being a little bit cocky, but then you cross that line and be a Richard to everybody. I think that's kind of the line that he crosses for somebody like myself who wants to see a guy like him know that he's good, but don't go to the other side of that line. Well, don't you, could I, could I argue though, for the sake of the sport, it it makes it more fun to root against in the NBA the Lakers when they're villainous back 15 oh, the years ago, Pistons. right? The Yankees. And if there's a guy, and, and golf is tough because it's like, it's so propped up by sponsorships and good behavior and almost to a point where you know it's fake. Like, you know that there's there's way more layers and depth to Tiger Woods' personality and life that you know finally trickled out like 10 years ago. Than uh, than you knew in 2002 when he was just on Wheaties boxes and a big smile at Augusta. It's like there's no other layer there. Like, dude, you're the first black player really to you know to own this sport, and there's not like there's nothing that so for, for so for Patrick Reed, I think just the fact that he puts a ripple into a sport that has a lot of the same type of smiling guys, right? To Nick's, I love it. To, to Nick's point, though, and this is I think where it's hard to defend Nick, and I think you I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I think you'll agree with me. It's fine to have it on the tour. What you don't want is kids emulating him. You don't want absolutely. You don't want a tour full of them. You don't want a high school golf team full of them. You don't want the group behind you full of them. That's where it gets in trouble. If he has great success and kids go, well, that's the way to do this. Well, that's not really and real I, world. And I, I think that's too. That too will have a lot to do with you know the the coaching and the adult mentors in their life being like, hey, there's nothing wrong with being you know being a little bit cocky and knowing that you're good, but don't go. 
you know, across, like we talked about a minute ago, across that line and take it to that level. You can still be, you can still be kind of cocky and know that you're good and, you know, have confidence and swagger, but don't be the other guy. Uh, it was, you know what? We didn't get our, our Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods blending in with the young guys showdown. I think that's going to come at some point, but it was still pretty epic to watch Jordan Spieth. It's too bad that Jordan Spieth's round yesterday, Nick, is is really just going to be forgotten uh, on a day where... Because of a tree branch. Because yeah, of one on 18. tree branch. Yeah, or like there was other things too. Like he could have made an eagle putt yeah. at one point. And, uh, but that oh, was that was a fun day. The first thing I thought of when I saw that shot he shot on 18 was that day that Chris Long hit that grill out at Deer on a <laughs> The only similarities is they both went left. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, good stuff, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Be good, though. All right. I uh, would have hit the tree. Point. I would have hit the tree five to the left of the one that Jordan Spieth hit with my dead exactly. pole. So let's, okay, there's this Patrick Reed conversation, I think, it it crosses into other areas of sport, and I want to run a couple more things by you. Chris Long in for Judd. Let's talk first about Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard, uh, the dealership and service department that my family and I have been going to for a very long time, for 30-plus years. So uh, revamped website you should check out, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. You know, Toyotas are the most durable vehicles in the world. In fact, there are numbers that show that 80% of Toyotas that were on the road 20 years ago are still on the road today. So cars from the from the mid and late 90s are still on the road today. And it's because of the care and uh, the knowledge and the expertise from service departments like the one at Luther Brookdale Toyota. Um, I can tell you many a story about used cars that I've brought in. Maybe there's you know something mechanical, or in one case, it was actually a street in college that got flooded, and other cars on the block were totaled. But... Uh, that extra level of care and service you get at Luther Brookdale Toyota, it's great peace of mind, uh, bailing us out of many jams and helping us into new vehicles, financing plans, leases. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Find out what I've been talking about for years here on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. The elites that have the jacket and just the company that you're around and, you know, just what the green jacket symbolizes in, in, in golf is just it's it's the top you know it's it's every kid's dream patrick reed putting on his pretty large green jacket like probably one of the larger green jackets right i mean he's kind of a chubby guy <laughs> golf doesn't have many patrick yeah. reed looking players anymore that's true golf used to have a lot of those guys back oh, in Craig the stadler yeah back in the john daly tim heron era of the 90s where even, he, even like mark o'mara who wasn't Unfit was was a bigger dude. Golf bod. It was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Tiger Woods came along and started actually going to the weight room, and now everyone kind of looks uh, the same, or at least has that lean golf body. But anyways, we're talking about Patrick Reed and how he has this amazing story about his estranged family that he alienated in 2012 when they told him, and when he was 22 years old, yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't get married to a 27 year old. And he said, well, actually, I'm just not going to talk to my family anymore. For six years, he got kicked out of Georgia for uh, a number of different things that no one really talks about at Georgia, but it could range from cheating to alcohol related things to uh, just general terrible behavior. But I think whether it's golf getting to that post tiger place where it becomes interesting on a regular basis, which let's not kid ourselves. It's interesting without tiger, but it's not nearly as interesting as it could be if you had a villain or in tennis, like John McEnroe was a great villain back in the Absolutely. 70s and 80s. And so you'd tune in and you'd root against John McEnroe. And I, that was before my time. 
But if golf really has someone here in Patrick Reed and he wants to embrace it, at least to some degree, I don't think you're ever going to go, you know, he's never going to go like all in heel because there are sponsorships that you have to be mindful of. He's representing Nike. Uh, but if he can just be that that different ripple in a sea of squeaky clean, fit, oh, physically fit, yeah. you know, super nice white teeth. Everyone looks the same. It's these young, nice young men like Jordan Spieth and... Ricky Fowler and oh, Dustin Johnson had that one thing that like we don't talk about, but <laughs> right. let's bring him back out here now that he's recovered. Like golf needs someone that's a little bit rough around the edges because they really don't have that. Now Tiger Woods does kind of act as that too now that you know his whole life has played out publicly the last 10 years. I remember Tiger would drop a loud and clear F-bomb every now and then when he yanked one. And but the difference is oh, Tiger, Tiger is the heel character that people still love in general. Like, yes. there's still people that root against him, but by and large, Tiger Woods has the largest, most ferocious fan base that roots for him despite the personal turmoil. Patrick Reed didn't build up 10 years of equity as the greatest golfer in the world and then have his personal life play out. So he starts off as a heel, and I think that's really interesting. There could be a really fun dynamic with a little bit of a chubby, rough around the edges, cocky, brash stories in his past that aren't ideal guy who goes up against the squeaky clean Jordan Spieth. Someone in the headlines this weekend also tried that exact same tack and it completely backfired on him. Which one? Johnny Manziel. Oh, in terms of... Tried to paint himself as the exact same, I don't care what anybody says, I'm going to, I'm a party guy, I'm going to have some beers, I'm going to do that. Now, different sports. You got to play well, though. But he came in, you know, I'm going to be brash. I'm going to be arrogant. I don't care. Yeah, but then he couldn't complete a pass and couldn't stay on the field and couldn't stay in the league. Would still be in the league, I think, getting chances. He was good enough that he would get chance. He would not have been chased out of the league without all this other stuff, which is where Patrick Reed doesn't have to worry about that dynamic, that, you know, he's going to make his own. It is the beauty of golf. You, you pack up your camper and you drive to the next event and you either make it or you don't. Um, but I... I think that's the other case study where you set yourself up. You give yourself a fine or finer line for failure if you're playing that role. And if that motivates him and if that's what led him to take Augusta State to the Division One National Championship and to put the green jacket on yesterday, okay. But you better not wobble because the sponsors are going to run but, from you. The fans are going to run from you. And that's you. the thing, too. Like, the sponsorship angle here, if you're good and you're on TV, you're going to get sponsorships. Yes. And if, if you're – let me let me put one more qualifier. If you're not getting arrested, if you're good, you're not committing crimes, and you're on TV in front of millions of people, you're never going to lose all your sponsorships. Maybe you wouldn't get as many as, again, a squeaky clean Jordan right. Spieth, Peyton Manning type. I'll give you another example in sports. Everyone hates Floyd Mayweather. Everyone pays $100 to watch him fight. Solely for the whole, for the whole someone hit tra- this man. Correct. Someone hit this man. Yes. And actually, here's the here's the. Everybody rooted for Conor McGregor against him for heaven's sake. Well, that's sake. what I was just going to say. Like Conor McGregor is a filthy, horrible human being. And you were rooting but for him. But compared to Floyd Mayweather, who <laughs> right. has a history of domestic abuse and all these other transgressions, you're rooting for kind of the scrappy Irishman in that right. situation. Now, the next time Conor McGregor fights, probably for the UFC. For ten plus million dollars, whatever the fight's going to be, everyone's rooting against him. Correct. Yeah, but you wouldn't pay to watch combat sports, and this is where, like, eventually, I'm going to dump my my wrestling stuff on you today between now and one o'clock. It doesn't work if everybody's a good guy. Yes, it just doesn't. There has to be an, an individual sports. For, so for for team sports, the heel teams aren't the teams necessarily that commit the most crimes. Because if your team has a bunch of criminals like the Bengals or the Raiders, like 
you're probably like at different times the Raiders. Not right now. I'm you, saying you, you you're not going to be good enough as a team to get far enough to be rooted against. The NFL's biggest quote unquote villain are the Patriots, and all they've done is won every other Super Bowl. Right. For so you can years. either be a villain if you win too much and and everyone okay, let's right. pump the brakes on the winning. Right. If you try to buy a championship in baseball in a non salary cap league. Uh, or if there's just like a brash nature, a Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant brash nature about you. So there's different ways you can put it together. In individual sports, I think the individual competitors are more hesitant to go down the brash sort of heel path because they just want to be liked. Most people just want to be liked, right? Well, and there's a sportsmanship component to it, Uh, the balance between sportsmanship and gamesmanship. I mean, you know, Rory McIlroy pulled to Patrick Reed on Saturday night and— Spit some fire, and it kind of blew up in his face a little bit. But everybody watching it went, ooh. And that's from Rory, who hasn't always been real huggable. He's got some rough edges, too. For sure. Um, I think it works. He dumped Carolyn Wozniacki, for for God's sakes. Every every guy in the every guy in the world hates him. And then went in the tank, and then recovered. <laughs> she did too, by the way. Reco- yeah, and then recovered. Nicely. I can't remember which one of you guys was bringing this up uh, before the show, too. But like, uh, I think it was Dave. We were talking about the Tiger effect and and how ti- Tiger Tiger Woods is this iconic fig- uh, this iconic figure that will always raise the water level as long as he's around and there's a chance of him contending. Like he'll always raise the water level. So. Once he's gone, to me, the next thing that could raise the water level isn't a bunch of guys who are really good and competing. It's like, no, no, no. It's a guy that people hate that you want to see knocked on his ass. Like you're saying, Floyd Mayweather, people pay 100 bucks to watch Floyd Mayweather, not because they like Floyd Mayweather, because they want to see him get his teeth kicked in it was the or old, punched in, I guess. From the Howard Stern movie, Private Parts. The reason he became the most popular radio personality in history is that half the people were listening because they loved to hear what he said, and half the people were listening because they hated what he said. Sure. It's a formula that can definitely <laughs> right. work. Right. Yeah. We should do that. Let's do that here. I'll turn heel. I think Judd's been doing that for uh, like good. four years here, actually. <laughs> That's a good point. Or at least the, the Juddbot 3000 has, yes. has been carrying some of Judd's bags for him. <laughs> um, yeah, later on, too, like there's a I had an epiphany about... I'm I'm still all in on Tiger Woods, but I had this epiphany watching the Masters this weekend that might take a chunk out of my childhood. That we can we can get back to that later on. Derek Wetmore on Twins in the eleven o'clock hour. Chris Long's in for Judd. What do you got in stuff next, Dave? Well, it's amazing. You mentioned the heel himself, Floyd Mayweather. He will be heard in stuff you should know about. Ah. And since we're talking about heels and teams, how about what happened with the Yankees and Giancarlo Stanton yesterday again? Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's heard by well over 100 people. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Free Prints. Print up to 1,000 photos on your phone for free with Free Prints. Download the app and choose photos on your phone or on social media. Prints arrive in just days. Download it now at freeprints.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps. As we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. I want to know. Hey, email just came in from our last conversation from Julie. I'm listening to you guys champion Patrick Reed. He's chubby, rough around the edges, etc. That's what we said. What's not uh, to like? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm you, playing along. You, <laughs> you also mentioned that he's estranged from his family. He's been accused of cheating, and he has an anger management problem. My question, why defend this chubby, rough-around-the-edges guy and not coach Tom Thibodeau? Does, 
Does Tom Thibodeau have? Did he estrange his? He doesn't even have a family to that's estrange. A, that's a leap. I kind of see where that's going, but it's an awfully big leap. It is a leap. It's apples um, to oranges. Tom Thibodeau, we're criticizing. We're criticizing whether he's a good coach or not. And I say that he has not been. Patrick Reed is a great golfer. So that's the that's the biggest common denominator difference right there. I would not want Patrick Reed on my team, nor would I entertain thoughts of acting like Patrick Reed on a team. But golf's not a team sport. You can be bullheaded, single-minded, and selfish, and if, as long as you shoot seven under, who well, cares? But I, and I can answer this question. Let's replace Tom Thibodeau with Dennis Rodman, all right? Because I think that's actually a better comparison. Dennis Rodman was this... Crazy personality was detrimental to teams in San Antonio and and Detroit. But was ridiculously elite in Detroit. Correct. But he's an unbelievable rebounder and defensive player. And so I don't, I look at Dennis Rodman and I say, like, well, why don't you rip Dennis Rodman? I don't know, because he's a Hall of Fame defensive player and rebounder and he's, he makes the sport more interesting. Tom Thibodeau doesn't make the sport more interesting. Like he's just, to me, like he's, like he's not living up to his mantra as a coach. And so that's the. One other note on Patrick Reed from that Van Sickle interview yesterday with Corzo on Sunday Sports Talk. He also mentioned that when it was Augusta College or whatever that Patrick Reed was playing for, they were playing against uh, University of Georgia for the national championship at Augusta National. And I don't remember who the golfer for Georgia was. He's now a guy on tour. Harris Harris somebody. Yes, I don't remember the name. Whatever it is. He said he had... Reed's teammates All approaching him before the, the the big final day championship match. Kick his ass, dude. We want to win this national title, but seriously, beat, beat please, the hell out of please him. beat Patrick. <laughs> beat the hell out of Patrick. We want the ring. We want the ring, but we want you to take him down eight and seven. Wow, yeah. that's hey, outstanding. That's amazing. Oh, and another. Oh, and note by the too. way, and by the way, he didn't. Reed beat him. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course well, he did. Here, here's another. I think it was Chris who brought this up off the air that. He walks off the course having won his – he's a young dude with a bunch of contemporaries and a bunch of peers. He just won his first major first green jacket. One guy was there to congratulate him, and it's another guy that most gonna, people hate. It's Bubba. Bubba Watson. If, who, if you look at any ranking of the most hated players – I hated strong – most disliked players on the PGA Tour. Bubba's always won. Yeah. Patrick, one in two. fact, I think that was an actual – I'm yes. not making that up. I think someone did that. Player undercover anonymous survey. Bubba was one and Reed was two, and that was. Eh, I think, R- Ricky gave him the hug at the uh, the scorers room. Right, but it was kind of, of a, it was a forced interaction to. too, because Ricky was like waiting for the result of the last putt to see if he had to go warm up. Yeah, he looks good to the cameras. That's fine. Hey, uh, speaking of that, <laughs> I wish Ricky cuts. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Go ahead, finish that thought. I was gonna say, I just wish Ricky like had leaned out on eighteen and like you could hear. You know, Ricky's in the scorers cabin next door. Just here. Yeah. <laughs> Just to mix it up a little. Woo! All right, cold cut, cold cut. Very short. Can you identify Dwight, that? Is that, again? Is that a ball hitting a mitt? Oh, not quite. Is that a bird flying into U.S. Bank Stadium's glass? <laughs> no, that is the sound of Phil Mickelson swinging in the pine straw oh. yesterday, missing the ball and his head hitting the limb that was above him. <laughs> I didn't see that. Dude, was he out there? Was he in last? Was he out there alone? I don't know if he was, but <laughs> that's his oh. head. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that might have been the club actually hitting the straw behind oh. the ball and then missing the ball completely. But yes, he swung and missed while stuck in the pine straw underneath a tree limb, and his head hit the limb. Got a little headache. Had to take another <laughs> swing to Dude. punch it out of there. Between that and Bubba putting into a bunker. I mean, we could play the Masters, boys. Dude, the Masters Sign was... Sign us up. There were so, there were so many... 
I feel like the Masters, because those guys play that course every year and they do practice rounds on it. It's not like, okay, we're going to a new U.S. Open course and no one knows the terrain. <laughs> right. For those guys to yeah. still wind up, like Phil Mickelson's played that course, how, how many hundreds of rounds in his life, right? Yes. To still wind up in those precarious positions. Well, is Sergio, five times in the drink from the same spot? Yeah. Dude, hit it harder. <laughs> right. Hit it farther. That was unbelievable. Woo! Speaking of unbelievable, uh, yeah, Giancarlo. Things aren't going well, but, uh, you know, just calm it down. Um, you know, let my hands work. Congratulations on Giancarlo. An 0 for 7 yesterday for the Yankees with 5Ks. That's amazing. The first player in the live ball era with multiple games of no hits and five strikeouts in a single season. And it's April 9th. And it's April 9th. Today <laughs> means it happened on April 8th. But did you guys see how that game ended? Orioles, Yankees, Yankees Stadium. No, no. It was bottom of the 12th. The Orioles scored one in the top of the inning. It was 8-7 Orioles, and it's uh, Brock, right? Brock's the closer for uh, the Orioles. He's on the mound, bases loaded, no outs, and up up strolls Aaron Judge, and, of course, right behind him, Giancarlo Stanton. 99 out of 100 times, Yankees win that game in a walk-off of some some way, right? Or at least, like, tie the game, right? Yeah. Here's how it went. 0-1 delivery. Judge back to the mound, chance for two. There's one to third. Oh, what a great play by Caleb Joseph. Instead of going to first, he goes to third. They get the out at the plate and the lead runner at third base. The one-two pitch, swing and a miss. He got him, Stanton down on strikes, and the Orioles survived the 12th inning. One-two-five double play. Wow, that fifth strikeout of Stanton. I, I feel like it's so instinctual for the catcher just to go to first base. Yeah. yeah. So he must. He must. Unless you way, know you got slow. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you're leading off like a third of the way to third base. How do you not get to third base? It's amazing. Who is running? I don't know. I didn't get to his running. But. God. But it would have been somebody you would think at the top part of the lineup. Fred Gardner is getting up there. I. I don't know, man. Not that, oh, yeah. Get the piano off your back if you can't get from second to third. <laughs> That's aggressive. Yeah, which one of the Molina brothers was leading <laughs> right, off from right. second base? My God. Well, wow, we're just all tying it all together. Speaking of the Molina brothers yesterday, ooh, one was involved in a little something. Troy Lavallo out to argue. And, of course, when a manager comes out to argue, balls and strikes, automatic injection. I don't know. Now the bench is clear. Is Molina what is that didn't like about? something that Lavello said? Well, Lavello obviously said something about Yadier Molina. Maybe Molina is lifting the ball, perhaps. Mm, I don't think that's quite what he said, actually, Tim McCarver. It was Tori Lavello, Diamondbacks manager, going out to argue after his team did get screwed a little bit on a couple low strikes perhaps he's lifting the ball framing a little bit that's that's not what he said is it Yadier they came out arguing with the umpire and he say uh, bad word to me and myself and I react that way I mean what you expect so the word was directed towards you not yes towards the yes umpire. to me he called me twice oh. you can't allow that was and it? Uh, that's an M F four four syllables yes okay. yes well, yes. he he wow he so he said something about Yadier uh, in an act with a loved one. That's yes. not one he of the probably magic. said, "Hey, this bleeping bleepers pulling but, the ball up. You got to see that ump." And Yadi says, "Well, you know, you can have the argument, but don't call me that." But that's not in this day. Kids don't use that word in this day and age. That's not one of the magic words, though, is it? No, anymore? I, I feel like it was sort of. It seemed like it was in passing, right? Like this bleep bleeper is doing. It was more about. 
it was still more directed at the umpire for making a bad call. I think Yachty overreacted. Is there some cultural bleed in that word? Does that oh, maybe mean Do you think Yachty more... or took it literally? Well, does that mean... What did you say about me and... Well, not literally. <laughs> like your like Guardy did to you once. <laughs> does that... Not to that level. I don't want to paint that whole picture. But I wonder you, if... Do you ever lose sleep at night? Uh, I wonder if don't culturally... Don't ever talk about what I do when I go home. Oh, okay. Right. I'm pleading ignorance here. Does that carry a, a stronger connotation? For example, the word that we discussed earlier, the, the, the C word. If you go to England, doesn't have the kick that it does here. Oh, really? Yes. Or Australia. Jim Jeffries, come on. Well, you know what's funny? Like, <laughs> there's a couple people I know from across the pond yeah. that throw the C word around, like and the, I'm like, geez. And they don't, and it's <laughs> right. And it's like, yeah. So I wonder if that doesn't have more of a specific or dramatic connotation. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm pulling this out. Of, but I, it just seems weird that a professional athlete who's been around long enough to have heard that word Many times, many ways. And the word put together with that specific relative, too. That's what right? I wonder, because yeah. th- there's a great scene in, in a, it was a Don King um, movie that Ving Rhames played Don King, and he won a bet. I, I, I haven't seen it in years, but it was a great scene. He, he bets his buddy, just proving that Don King will try to make money anyway, that the <laughs> preacher who is coming over, he can make the preacher's wife say that word. And he does, and the way he does it is just, he frames it so she's running around the room saying it, thinking she's, like, saying something positive, and he just looks at his partner, his partner shakes his head. (laughs) Cultural whatever, I'm still on Team Yachty. I don't know, I'd still get bitter at him. That's just me. Oh, it's because you're a... You're a ball guy. (laughs) You're a... I wish I could... I wish you're on satellite radio because I could have said it and we could have gone to commercial and it would have been great. It would have been great. Do you do you teach your ninth grade catchers to react that way? No, no. To I tell them, managers? No, I have to tell them to shut up and enjoy the show because I'll be out there, my man, kicking dirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, we mentioned Floyd Mayweather. He was uh, sitting down with Jim Gray over the weekend. All these and, odd... How are we connecting this whole show together amazing. today? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, weird. but... I. If this wasn't the most contrived, okay, Jim, how about you do me a favor and ask me this question? I really hope it plays. Floyd Money Mayweather in retirement, Floyd. You're promoting tonight's card in yes. your new hat. Yes. How are you enjoying retirement? Um, retirement has been great, but as you know and everybody know, I go in retirement, I come back. I go in retirement, I come back. We know. Is it possible that I come back? Yes, but if I do come back, it has to be in the octagon. I mean, we didn't ask if you were coming back, Floyd. Thanks for letting us know. So did Jim did Jim botch the setup question? No, it was just asked me about unretiring. Okay. Jim Gray, for someone who has done some amazing journalism, and has, and you can't ever take it, he's just a boob. Well, he's been the center point. I would argue that his LeBron. career is defined by the LeBron yeah. decision interview, which was weird, and also the Pete Rose badgering question at the yes. All-Star game like 15 or 20 years ago. And walking around inside of Kobe Bryant's pants for seven or eight years. Kobe. Kobe really? You're climbed to being the greatest player. Oh, yeah. Was that a thing? Oh, like Kobe. NBC thing? Arm or? around him. Oh, yeah. Okay. I had no idea about that either. Floyd will get, unless it's a fix which it very, very well may be. It's one thing for Conor McGregor to go and try and punch Floyd Mayweather. It's another thing for Floyd Mayweather to try to go against someone. Like, punching is one piece of UFC. So oh, you- if, if they have traditional UFC rules, 
in an octagon, Floyd Mayweather won't last around. It'll... A, 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 a soccer player could very easily go be a kicker in the National Football League. He could not go be a linebacker in the National Football yeah, League. Yeah, it's going to be. I, now, if you're Floyd and like apparently he still needs the money, even though he makes $100 million minimum every time he fights the last 10 years. Um, if someone were to offer him, like, let's say Dana White sets it up, and it's not going to be the same amount of money you would get in a. Or maybe they would set it up so that they'd make the same money off pay-per-view buys as they do for boxing matches. That's not how the UFC pay structure right. works. If he gets $50 million, like $50 million and you know you're going to get choked out within the first three minutes, is it worth it for him to tarnish his fighting legacy for $50 million right now? doesn't tarnish his fighting legacy. I mean, you think like he's made a billion dollars in his fighting career, if not more, but he's probably spent a billion and a half, right? But yeah. Uh, Ronda Rousey said it in her infamously awkward interview with uh, Golik and Wingo. Mayweather would will and would get killed by any <laughs> legitimate by any legitimate MMA fighter. Yes, the battery tells Dana White and the referees, "Hey, the minute I look like I'm in trouble, stop the fight. Stop the fight. I'm out." Right. Yeah, right. Um, we still have. We're going to talk some twins. There's not much to talk about, like in terms of games, but season uh, start yet? There's a big series that starts tonight, hopefully, <laughs> yes. with the Astros, and then the White Sox come to town. So Wetmore will come in here in about 45 minutes. We'll talk some twins with him. I want us to do our best job at some point here convincing each other of a sport or something in entertainment that we're all in on that we want the world to also be all in on. So think on that, too, and uh, think on that, too, if you're if you're listening, and send us suggestions on Twitter, at Phil Mackey, at 1500ESPN, at Chris Long, KSTP. It's Mackey and Judd. Mackey and Judd now continue. You're listening to The Wreck. Yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect name for us. We could just switch it right now. On 1500 ESPN. MLB The Show 18 is now out. MLB The Show 18 delivers baseball just the way you like it. Create your own player, customize your batting stance, insert some swagger, and take him to stardom. For those who crave the best of baseball, MLB The Show 18, welcome to the show. Rated E for everyone. Head to the 1500 ESPN stream player to enter to win your copy right now. And now Lesnar's taking off the gloves. Oh, my God. And now Lesnar delivering oh the, the Roman Reigns has been busted open by that straight right hand by Lesnar. Oh. Lesnar to retain on Reigns. Got it. Dude, you were into wrestling last night. I was. I, we needed a uh, WrestleMania event line last night. Ronda Rousey getting her debut. She was good. I would have come in studio for a couple hours last night. We should do that next. Maybe SummerSlam. I'll come in as the outsider. Like, what did you, as someone that this is the, that's the only, I watch WrestleMania like my, I don't want to say my wife because she watches more sports. Like, some people watch golf. You're just going to watch the Masters. Well, wrestling has one Masters. Sort of. I'll, I might watch Royal they get Rumble. The, they got the players. Like, I might watch Royal Rumble. Well, I would argue that they've got they've got the Grand Slam, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam is like the summer version of WrestleMania. See, don't Not care quite about as long. Me, don't care about that. Okay, but then they have other ones like Money in the Bank, don't, where they climb up ladders. Gimmicks, and, don't care. Okay, WrestleMania and maybe Royal Rumble. Those are the two. Though. So I, 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 like I was on Twitter last night. It was kind of funny because I admitted in almost every tweet, not a wrestling fan, but. <laughs> And some points I made people agreed with, and some points I so made people didn't. There's a million things uh, if you are or aren't a wrestling fan, like stuff that leaks into the mainstream. First of all, Ronda Rousey, I thought it would be a disaster because what most people, if you're casual or don't follow, she's going from UFC to WWE, and you might think, well, like it's easier, right? You're going from actual combat to fake or scripted combat, so it should be easier. It's actually a lot harder to make a match look cohesive and smooth and not clunky and communicate on the fly and have it be somewhat believable and tell a story, right? 
Those things take sometimes years, if not a decade, to learn. And most newcomers, when they pull a former NFL player like Roman Reigns, for instance, used to be in Vikings training camp, or they pull, um, you know, they'll pull a, a talent for just like a, a former athlete, that's whatever. Ever come in and not been believable at all in the it, wrestling. Room. It might take two years or three years of development before they put that person on Monday Night Raw in front of you know millions of people. Ronda Rousey signed a contract and then trained for like two months behind the scenes, and they might have had the best match of the seven-hour card last night. It was good. I was wrong. I thought it'd be a disaster. They did it really well, and she looked good and is probably going to make a lot of money with uh, scripted combat. And she's smart. I mean, got out of you know trading on her name, which had she fought maybe even once more in MMA would have. I think she was that second fight was. I she, think she, she did not want to be there. I don't want to work this hard this way to be good at this anymore. I mean, that's of all the sport. I mean, every sport to be the best takes a lot, but that one. I mean, what you have to commit to, and and I don't want to do that anymore. But I've got enough of a name that I can go do this. And she's done some acting. Um, she's not the best. Varying degrees of success. She's not a good actress, and she's not great on the microphone. Like She's not like Dwayne Johnson on the microphone, where she right. could just pick up a mic and mesmerize right. an audience. But like Brock Lesnar isn't either, and that dude makes $5 million a year and has a mouthpiece and just looks menacing and bloodies people like and, he did last night. That was real blood, by the way. That was an actual elbow to the head oh, you could tell. of his opponent. Yeah. So, so there's three ways that wrestlers will either bleed or appear to bleed. If it's internal, it's like a capsule that they'll pop in their mouth sometimes. Like uh, Shinsuke with his bloody teeth. That was, no, that was legit. That was a kick. No. 100%, yes. His mouth wasn't bleeding that bad. Yes, look how many kicks. That was like a half-hour match with those kicks. Um, and the mouth, he had a mouthpiece that was red, too, just like the color was red, so it looked worse. Uh, see, but, I wasn't buying that, but okay. No, that was not a capsule. That was All legit. Right. Like, those guys were actually, like, kicking each other, and it was... Shinsuke is the king of strong style, which means he actually. Are you buying that? It. I just like that Phil sticking up. No, it was real. It was <laughs> right, real. No, right. no, no, you guys. No, I'm, no, when, this I'm is, still this, skeptical. Wrestlers bleed with razor blades. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the movie. But but Roman Reigns last night was legit. Yeah, like he got, Brock Lesnar an elbow. But it was like it was like it was a planned legit bloodbath. Well, where Brock, Brock went in and just delivered elbows to the top of the head until he bled. And then the match was over like a minute later. You could tell it it's disgusting. real blood because Lesnar didn't want to be, when the blood was in the mat, Lesnar made sure to kind of stay away from it. Well, but hold on. It's it's very <laughs> rarely it's very rarely fake blood. It's just the way sure. in which the blood is induced. Sure. It's like they'll just carry a razor and they'll slit the top of their forehead usually. But like that blood wrong. was pouring out of Roman Reigns' head. Yeah. It was disgusting. Yeah, that match needed to end when it did. And or the fans if, weren't. If not 10 minutes sooner. Yeah, the fans weren't really buying it. I think the the fans don't like Roman Reigns being shoved down their throats. Brock Lesnar's been in the WWE now for six years on his comeback, and it's the same thing every time where he just gets in there, beats the hell out of somebody, and uh, looks menacing and growls at the camera, but um, I don't know. Did you have any fun watching it? Was it something that you would like continue to come no. back to? Yeah, this time next year. Okay. And maybe Royal Rumble. It was fun. I mean, the gimmick where they brought... I don't know, Dave, if you saw any of it, they brought... A guy showed up. What's his name? The guy uh, Braun Strowman didn't have a tag team partner, and there was a lot of buildup that I didn't understand. But mm-hmm. he's like he's just a massive. He's like the hulking figure. He, of he says, "I'm yeah. going to go find my tag team partner," and he pulls this kid out of the stands. Now, probably a fake, probably a yeah, plant. it was for sure a plan. But yeah. whatever, it was this little ten year old, long hair, kind of awkward kid. He brings him in, stand right there, and at one point he tagged him in just to get a breather, and then the kid tagged back out. But he wins, and the announcer, "Your new world tag team champions." 
What's his name? Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman and, and Nicholas. Nicholas. Yeah. <laughs> and the kid's holding up the belt. And I got hooked in on that. That was good. That and was like cool. the storyline point was this guy can beat any any pair of wrestlers in the world anyway, so I'm just going to go get a kid to stand in the corner. And it was good. It was fun story. He's on the ring. He's, he's hurting, and he's like, oh, I can't go any longer. And he starts putting his hand out to the kid, and the kid looks at him and kind of says, all right, extends his hand for the tag out. And I was like, yes, <laughs> now, tag him in, tag I, him in. I, I would have liked it better if the kid hopped in the ring and just got squashed. I wanted him to do just something. Like choke oh, slam just, his yeah, ass I out mean, of the ring. Yeah, you know, or barbed wire bat. Just or, <laughs> He's bleeding all over. I wanted him to like at least trip somebody, like yeah. do something, like pull, some, you know, lift his foot under the rope when he's pinned. I think, no, so. I think you make his ass tap out. I think you dislocate <laughs> choke his him. Yeah. choke him. Yeah. So instead of me, so that was fun. Instead of me continuing to convince you and everyone else why uh, why wrestling, albeit uh, immature, is very fun to watch. If you guys have something, I want to hear. Like Chris has, Chris has opened my eyes to a couple different worlds of like entertainment. And sports. What are some things that you want to convince or have tried to convince people before? No, this is totally awesome. Like you got to try this. You got to go to this. Dragons. <laughs> That's probably as one an of them. example. 